0: The reading is taken from Matthew chapter eighteen verses twenty one to thirty-five. It can be found on page nine hundred and eighty-five in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. Matthew chapter 18, starting to read at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servants in. You wicked servants, he said, I cancelled all your debts of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my Father, my Heavenly Father, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Martin, for for reading that for us. And uh, let's uh, keep that passage open. Um, Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would open this word to us and teach us this morning and whatever the circumstances of our lives, we pray that you would uh, open open them to your grace. we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well Matthew 28 uh, sorry Matthew 18 verse 21 um, and that's where we are, page nine 9- Eight five in my Bibles. Last Thursday, I was praying with some of the Evangelical Alliance leaders, and I was reminded that we were praying about you know the subject of Brexit, and uh, I was reminded of the body of Christ across the whole of Europe. And um, they told a story that a couple of weeks ago, um, fifteen German pastors flew into Heathrow to pray with Evangelical Alliance leaders and some other uh, pastors, ministers, vicars, and clergy. Um, uh, from London, and they met in the chapel uh, uh, at Heathrow. They prayed for two and a half hours, and then they flew back to Germany. <laughs> I just thought, that's really rather good, isn't it? It's rather encouraging. Um, I heard also that um, in France, there is a new church plant every 10 days. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I was very encouraged by that. I heard that in Estonia, um, they started a church f- for the deaf. And uh, it multiplied, it planted and planted and planted. Apparently, the Estonia government has now said that 33% of all registered deaf people go to church. 33%. It's quite remarkable. So the Lord is working in in Europe. And uh, whatever you might feel about Brexit, we belong to a union that is much bigger, don't we? We belong to the body of Christ. And I think that is really, really important. I want to say that right at the top. And uh, uh, we heard last week that Jesus is building his church. And he's building a church with grace-filled people who will forgive, who are agents of reconciliation. And uh, that's what chapter 18 of Matthew is all about. He is building a church. What kind of church is he building? Well, he's building a place, um, uh, a a remarkable, sorry, not a place, a remarkable group of people where forgiveness is paramount. That's what we're going to be looking at today. So we're going to look at the question um, that Peter asks. We're going to look at the parable that Jesus tells and then we're going to look at the application for us. So it's really simple, really simple today. Um, first of all, the question. And um, that's the title of the talk the, quest- the Question and the Answer as Well. Now, earlier in chapter 18, um, just to give you a bit of context, verses 1 to 14, Jesus is concerned about the little ones. You'll see that he talks about the little ones. And uh, he's eliminating pride, unless you become like one of these little ones, he says. Somebody once, I once said to somebody, my problem is my pride. And that person said to me, but Steve, what have you got to be proud about? And I was healed immediately. <laughs> it was a great answer, isn't it? Now, verse 15 and onwards, um, it changes from the little ones to your brother or your brother and sister. It's an inclusive word. Um, and it talks about, uh, first of all, 15 To 20, what happens about the brother or sister who will not admit that they have done wrong? What do you do? And there's a whole sort of section on discipline there. But then in this section, it's about the brother or sister who does admit that they do wrong. And they repent. And then they do wrong. And then they repent. And then they do it again. And then they repent. And again. And they repent. And the question is, is there a limit to forgiveness? So, Peter says, verse 21, he came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Now, the rabbi said three. You know, give him a chance, first chance, second chance, third, third strike and you're out. You know, you, you, know, you clearly are a reprobate. Um, Peter thinks he's doing quite well with seven. But Jesus says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Now, I think that is the right translation. You have heard, haven't you, seven, uh, 77 times 7, which I think is 490. Yeah? Well, whatever, but anyway, this is, we, we think this is 77. And the reason for that is to do with the sto- a story in the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 4. Um, Lamech, who uh, uh, comes down the line from Cain, um, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 4, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, he says, Lamech, who, by the way, was the first bigamist, had two wives, uh, he killed a young man and he said to his two wives, you heard that Cain was avenged seven times, well, Lamech is avenged 77 times. He's talking about vengeance. And what he is saying is, my response, which is the, which is, I think, the world's response. My response is, over the top, shock and awe, vengeance. You know that phrase, don't you? Shock and awe. You know where that comes from, probably. If you mess with me, it is full-on shock and awe. Whatever you do to me, I'm going to do more to you. And Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, I want the world's disproportionate retaliation To be turned into outrageously disproportionate forgiveness. And if that doesn't characterize your life, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Does that get your attention? It probably does, doesn't it? So let's go on to point two. This is a wonderful sermon. I'm already on point two. Four minutes in. Point two. This is great. The parable of grace and ungrace. Okay, so therefore... Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, oh, I love those parables that start like, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle account with his servants and he began the settlement and here is the story of a man who owed him, probably he's a servant but you know servants or slaves in those days could be fairly high up, he was probably um, a civil servant, he ran a franchise and we find that he owes 10,000 talents or bags of gold. He owes 10,000 talents, and uh, he was not able to pay. Now, that's an awful lot. It's more than the whole wealth of Galilee at the time. So it's a huge amount. And so the king said, since you're not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had should be sold to repay the debt. Now, um, simply selling a, a slave and his family, Um, You wouldn't get a lot. Uh, The most, I I heard this, I read this, the most you get for a slave is is one talent. So the king's not not doing very well. He's still lost 9,999 talents. But anyway, he says, no, you're going to be sold into slavery. But at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. He begged him, be patient with me. He said, and I will pay back everything. Well, he won't. But anyway, that's what he says. And so, what happens? The king did three wonderful things. The first thing is, his heart went out to him. He took pity on him. Literally, the the translation is, his heart went out to him. That word took pity, the word for pity, splagnizomai, it's the same word in... We've heard this, Jesus had compassion on the crowds, we've already done that, Um, and he fed them. It's the same word as the the parable of the prodigal son, the the parable of the good Samaritan. Uh, Jesus having pity on the leper and touching him. His heart went out to him. And he sees him, I think, as, as a person and not a caricature. So when somebody wrongs you, it's easy to see them as a caricature. Um, I, I, I get the times um, on, online and um, there's always a cartoon, there's a cartoon always, nearly always of the Prime Minister, you know, and it ex- exaggerates certain features. Or, or um, there's, there's a cartoon of, um, well, the various cartoons, and they all exaggerate features, don't they? And that's what we do with the cartoon, we're, uh, we're, when we see people as caricatures, we exaggerate certain features. And when we do that, we see them as really bad, but we're, we're much nicer about ourselves. I don't know if you noticed that. If somebody lies to you, you're really mad at them, aren't you? <laughs> but if you lie, and somebody picks you up and you say, well, it was, it was, it was complicated. <laughs> and, and you're much easier on yourself. Miroslav Volf, he's a very interesting chap. Every time he, you know, he says something, he's worth listening to. He says, when I act like that, when I'm harder on the other person and easier on myself, I exclude them from the community of humans. I see them as characters. I stop forgetting their people. And I exclude myself from the community of sinners. I think that's a good, that's a good quote. Anyway, the king's heart went out to him. He saw him. He took pity on him. He saw, he saw him as a person. He probably saw his family and his kids and he thought, okay. So the second thing he did, he cancelled the debt. And by cancelling the debt, he absorbed the cost himself. And whenever you do that, whenever you forgive somebody, it hurts you. You absorb the pain. And thirdly, he let him go. There's grace, outrageous grace. Now, secondly, then, the story moves on to ungrace. So now, we're, uh, we're, we now when the servant went out, verse 28, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. That's 100 uh, denarii. 100 denarii is um, about a third of a working man's wage, uh, annual wage. And so uh, he gets him in a chokehold, really. Grabs him, begins to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant, verse 29, fell on his knees and begged him. And do you notice that verse 29 is virtually the same as verse 26? But, now, uh, our, our debtor number one, the, the, the person, the, the first, person, first servant we came across, the guy who holds the franchise, whatever he is, well, he wouldn't have it. He refused, verse 30, instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt, into jail with him. So, all this is now reported, thirdly, judgment um, uh, to... But the other servants are t- deeply distressed by this. And so the master summons this uh, first servant he dealt with and he calls him, you wicked servants. Shouldn't you have forgiven him? I, I, I forgave you. I cancelled all of the debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be to be tortured. Yes, that's it. Um, until he should pay back all he owed. And so now we come to the conclusion. And you think, well, that is fair. It's a tough story, but it's fair. And now uh, uh, Jesus says, and this... Um, I'm going to tell you about my heavenly father now. And and you'd expect Jesus to say, my heavenly father, your heavenly father isn't like this. (laughs) But he says no. The same heavenly father who in verse 10, if you look back at verse 10, has the little one's angels before him in heaven. He's so concerned about the little ones. Or in, 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 in chapter 14, he's the one who goes in search of the lost sheep. He says he will treat us with judgment if we do not forgive our brother or sister from the heart. Oh, goodness. Well, what is this? This is a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? That's a tricky verse. So, we come to the final point, the application. There's a wrong way to apply this, and there's a right way to apply this. Here's the wrong way. The wrong way is to say to each other, you and I must forgive or we won't be forgiven. Yeah, that's what I said. You and I must forgive or we won't be forgiven. That's the wrong way. Now, that is true, but that's not the point of the parable. It's not the point of the story. You see, if you did that, that wouldn't help. If it's anything at all serious... What will happen if you say that to your friend here in church, what will happen is this. That person will say, I know I must forgive, but I just can't. That's what will happen. Some people are deeply wounded. It's in Marriage, family member, these are not trivial things. And we find that we cannot or we will not forgive these wounds. It's just not in us. And you find sometimes in marriage counseling that it's not the offense that breaks the marriage. It's the response to the offense. The other person simply can't accept what what has happened. And so I could exhort you all I want and you could exhort each other all you want. But it won't Bring the forgiveness that we need and what our society needs. What we need to see is what the parable is really saying. And it's this if we are to forgive, which of course God wants us to do, it must be brought home to our hearts by the Spirit of God that even though we are deeply pained as the victim, in the sight of God, we are an offender a thousand times more. Yes, we have inflicted pain upon our God. And so this is not about working up in our hearts to forgive the hundred denarii that, that, that that person owes us. It's that we really don't believe that we've been forgiven the huge sum of 10,000 talents. So every breath that we breathe comes from him. Our, our life comes from him. Our, our every joy comes from him. Every pleasure that we have, it's a gift. It all comes from him. Our whole existence, given by our mighty God and creator... And what do we do with it? We fling it back in his face. I don't sing every day the wonders of his love. I woke up this morning. What was my first thought? My back sore. That's what I thought. Sorry, that's just a... Don't worry about that. It's all right. It's okay. My back sore. Not Lord, thank you. You've given me... And I, I rebuked myself about that. I don't all the time sing... Uh, of, of the wonders of his love. I don't give him all my heart. It's, it's a terrible thing that I treat him like that. And guess what? He has forgiven me all of it. All of it. He's given us a world to live in, hasn't he? It's a, it's a glorious world. He gave it to us. Right, get on with it, rule it. What have we done? Through greed, to covetous and lust, we, we haven't tended the world that we, we've had. We've, we've divided into the haves and the haves not. And, and, and there's a huge debt that we owe him. And guess what? He has forgiven it all. All. However big my brother or sister's debt is to me, the debt I've been forgiven is many Times greater. And I forget it. I forget it every time I hold it back from a, from a brother or a sister. I'm a bigger offender than I am a victim. But if I see the grace of the Lord for me, and only as that comes home to me, and I've got to... that's why we <coughs> we preach sin and grace. That's why we preach the gospel pressing that home to our hearts again and again. And it's so hard to see it, isn't it? Only then is grace is pressed home to me. It's amazing grace. It's outrageous grace for me, for you. Then I can forgive. Then grace can flow. C.S. Lewis said, "We, we are to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in us. Now, I am not saying this is easy (laughs) at all. Um, And and there's no sense of condemnation or anything. It's just let that gospel speak to us. That's the only way that it can can work, is that it's pressed into your heart. That's the point of what Jesus is saying. So let me read to you a little extract from uh, Corrie ten Boom's um, book. I think it's. I think it's from the hiding place. It'd be great, wouldn't it, over Lent to read these these uh, wonderful classic books, um, The Hiding Place or uh, you know Isabel Kuhn or Elizabeth Elliot. It'd be good good to read those. I'll I'll read this to sort of help us. Corrie Ten Boom was in a a, a prisoner of war camp. She was uh, she, sorry, a concentration camp. She was taken there, to, um, treated very badly by the guards. Um, and uh, she, her sister died there. Um, and uh, she, she, she'd become a Christian. And that really helped her through. And then there was a big test in 1947 after the war. She was speaking in a Munich church. And uh, she'd been speaking about the grace of God and how it had sustained her um, and at the close of the service, a balding man in a grey overcoat stepped forward to greet her, and Corrie froze. She knew this man well. He'd been one of the most vicious, vicious guards at Ravensbrook, one who had mocked the women prisoners as they showered. It came back with a rush, she wrote, the huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the centre of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man." And now he was pushing his hand out to shake hers and saying, A fine message, Frau Lin. how good it is to know, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take the hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and the blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. He was saying, I was a guard there, but since that time he went on, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I whose sins had again and again to be forgiven. Hand could not forgive. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? The soldier stood there expectantly waiting for Corrie to shake his hand. She wrestled with the most difficult thing I'd ever had to do, for I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us. Standing there before the former SS man, Corrie remembered that forgiveness is an act of the will not in emotion. Jesus, help me, she prayed. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm. It sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands and the former guard, the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, I realized it was not my love. See, that's the point. I had tried and I did not have the power. It was the power. Of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about really big things in your lives. And I pray I haven't trampled on pains. But I know I need this and I suspect you need it as well. I need to see how much I have been forgiven again and again. And only then can my heart begin to melt. But if that happens, if someone comes into a church that's like that, well, it won't be the self-righteousness that they see, no. No. It won't be the morality that touches them. It'll be the grace and forgiveness. And such a person would see that this community has moved from the world of Lamech to the kingdom of Jesus. And that's what changes our society. I think we should just be quiet. Let's pray. Bring it to God. What's on your heart now? Let's bring it to God. Ask Him that He might restore to you the joy Of your forgiveness. Ten thousand talents worth of forgiveness. Fill us with your grace, Lord. And let it flow through us to others. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: As we continue to meditate on what we have just heard, we're going to stand to sing Who, O Lord, Could Save Themselves.